you're the best in the world, greatness isn't just expected. It's something one demands of themselves. But only the true greats can deliver on that promise each and every time out. Consistency. Well over 28 fights into his legendary career, no one has delivered quite like John Jones, the youngest champion in UFC history. An 18-fight unbeaten streak spanning over a decade. Longest in UFC history. 20 wins, most in light heavyweight history. 14 title wins, again, the most ever. He's never truly lost a single fight. Let that sink in. Tonight, the eyes of the entire sports world are set firmly on Las Vegas, Nevada. The greatest UFC champion ever makes his return, this time for the coveted heavyweight title. And it's the most skilled striker in the heavyweight division who is ready to greet him. A French sniper with the athleticism, the stunning footwork, and the raw power to smash the goat to smithereens. For when you step up to heavyweight and look to claim the title of the baddest man on the planet, be ready to face the precise striking of the French superstar. John Johnson's my time now. So I'm going to fall and he's going to be here. I'm going to dominate. I believe I'm going to make this fight look surprisingly easy. I'll be the heavyweight champion of the world. First, the most dominant champion in women's MMA history continues her march through the record books as the tyranny of the flyweight division with the most total wins, the longest active win streak, and the most title defenses in the division's history has within her sights the monumental distinction of being the all-time great. Yet, the challenge is very real. Crafted in the warrior spirit of Mexico's finest, there are levels to Nasty, and the top spot belongs to Guadalajara's own, who is made for war, deadly in a clinch, mighty on the ground, and forever coming forward with the belt on the line, flyweights are playing with fire. Then, it's time to find out, what does it mean when an unsolvable puzzle, the UFC's most decorated champion, unbeaten in 18 fights as a light heavyweight, the greatest fighter the sport has ever known returns bigger and better to conquer a new division. This time, looking to stake his claim as the best heavyweight on the planet. But, will Cyril Gahn smash his dreams and become the first undisputed French-born champion? Live from the sold-out T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, it's UFC 285, Jones versus Gahn, and it starts... You are listening to The Fight Show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, looking at the three main fights for UFC 285. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. I am the host of The Soccer Gambling Podcast, and you can follow The Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can also follow my other Twitter account. It is at LockBettingCom. That is the Twitter account for LockBetting.com. That is my premium pay service that has now delivered 117 months in a row of transparent track profit. Before you sign up 
to the service, you need to know it is not like everybody else's service. This is legit. We honestly have gone unbeaten for 117 months. I encourage you, unlike other cappers, to do your research and due diligence. Every single spreadsheet ever is posted on the lockbetter.com site. And if you just want to do a quick look, you can have a look at the pin suite at the Twitter account at LockBetting.com because that is the PL for the previous month. And you can see what we delivered in the month of February, which was £1,301, which is good for over $1,600 once converted. So a huge month. And um, we look to continue that momentum in the month of March. That last month included absolutely smashing the Super Bowl. We also have the same handle for our TikTok account. That is at LockBetting.com. The TikTok account is great because we post vital betting information, 30 to 45 second digestible videos that will help you win money. You can also get those videos on the Instagram account, which is simply at LockBetting. One more thing I will say about the LockBetting.com service. I'm now off Patreon. I'm now using um, Gumroad and my website just to take payments, but I provide the service through WhatsApp. That gives you 24-7 access to me. So I'll post the plays there, but you'll also have my number to contact me throughout if you have any questions about the play. That's 24-7 access now offered with the service. So moving on with this edition of the Fight Show, as I said, we are here to look at UFC 285 and UFC 285 will see the return of the GOAT in the eyes of many, John Jones, as he returns to the octagon, but he returns as a heavyweight, trying to take the title from Cyril Gunn. Now, in the cold open, we heard Cyril Gunn described as the most dangerous heavyweight opponent for him. Obviously, that cold open isn't taking into consideration the name Francis Ngannou, who beat Cyril Gunn. I actually beat Cyril Gunn in the most shocking way possible. The narrative when Francis Ngannou fights is that he has five minutes, maximum 10 minutes to knock you the fuck out. And if he doesn't do that, he's probably going to lose the fight. What we saw against Cyril Gunn was the absolute opposite. We saw Francis Ngannou wrestle Cyril Gunn to a decision victory, which was the absolute nightmare result for Dana White because Francis Ngannou was leaving the company straight after that. And now we'll probably have a big asterisk over whoever wins this because Francis Ngannou, who's probably never coming back to UFC, will still claim to be the best heavyweight champion in, in the world. Whilst one of these guys will have the um, the heavyweight title and it's likely to be John Jones, according to the odds, which continue to move significantly in Jones's favour. Before we have a look at that and before I actually drop a piece of audio where John Jones is very confidently talking about this fight I'm going to tell you guys quickly about WinBet because WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states. There are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. March Madness is almost here, plus plenty of ways to win getting down on the NBA, NHL, and the XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer, bet $100, get $100, limited state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot pilot of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There is so much to choose from. All you need to do is head over to sportsgirlandpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you at sportsgirlandpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. The offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. And if you're planning on the older and present, the state where pay for winbet is available if you or someone you know has a gallon problem called one 4700 Let me also tell you guys quickly about the SGPN merch store. The SGPN merch store continues to add new items to the store every single day. Head over to store.sportsgallonpockets.com to get your favourite shirts, hats, sweats and hoodies. 
My personal favourite items are, of course, from the Soccer Gambling Podcast, which I am the host of. We actually have T-shirts, mugs and pullovers and hoodies available for the Soccer Gambling Podcast. But, of course, you can support any podcast of your choice by heading over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and... Just in time for March Madness, there is 10% off when you spend more than $40 using the code MADNESS. So store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com, pick out your favourite items, spend over $40 and use the code MADNESS for a further 10% off your purchase. I respect Surreal Gain, I really do. Um, and, and I say this humbly, but you know, I, I study film constantly. And I just see a lot of patterns, you know, when, when he's in one stance, there's things he really loves to do. He goes to the same well a lot. When he's in the, the opposite stand, he has his tendencies. And uh, outside of that, you know, I, I realize that he doesn't really have much wrestling. He, he relies on evasion, trying to get away. He relies on jujitsu uh, instead of solid takedown defense. And uh, same with uh, the ground game, you know, I, I watch... Francis Ngannou will be able to rack up, I think, maybe five, six minutes of top time uh, in that fight. And Francis is not a, a guy that's known to control people on the top. So um, he, he does have he does have the striking down. I don't think defensively he's a very strong kickboxer. He has a really nice offense. Uh, like I said, his, his defense is mainly in his footwork. And uh, two other big holes are uh, jiu-jitsu and wrestling. Easiest night of his life or mind games? Because you could see... Cyril Garn's face during all of that where John Jones pretty much laid out his entire game plan to win the fight. Don't know if that's the wisest thing to do either. But as a result of that, and just as a result of um, fans coming into Vegas wanting to bet, this line has moved considerably. I did think there was some line value in John Jones at the price of 8 to 11 Significant line value actually at the start of the week. But now Jones is available at five to eight. This is around about the price that I expected John Jones to be. So whereas there was some line value at the start, this is where I expected the fight to be now. And that's not to say that we shouldn't bet this or that there's no line value here. It's just unfortunate that we have lost that line value as we approach fight week. And that was always going to happen when you've got your Conor McGregor's, your John Joneses, your Ronda Rousey's, these types of people fighting in fight week. They are going to take a load of money, even though sometimes they'll be a short favourite. You'll see the likes of Conor Rousey, John Jones put into parlays. And it's probably been even a long time since we've seen Jones available at the price of five to eight. And of course, this is because he's moving up to heavyweight. Um, I've seen a lot of experts picking Cyril Garn to win this and saying that it's going to be a bridge too far for John Jones. For me, I've never seen John Jones lose. So until I see John Jones lose, until I see this washed up, rusty version of John Jones, I will continue to be on the John Jones bandwagon. So as I said, looking at the odds, John Jones is now available at five to eight. He was available at 10 to 11. So significant line movement there throughout the week. That's all a result of uh, money going down on John Jones. I don't think that's down to anything that the books have seen 
in this last week, but it may be down to things that the public have seen. Obviously, the unveiling of John Jones just being this much bigger man is significant, although I don't think that it's necessarily all positive weight. It's very difficult to put on 30 or 40 pounds and just be fully muscular. I understand that. But I did actually personally expect John Jones to look a little bit better considering he's been talking about moving up to heavyweight for two, three years. He did have the time to do it. It has been a long layoff. And uh, I did think Jones would look more like a, a, a ripped version of what he did. But ultimately, I don't think it will matter too much at the end of the day because skill set and gas tank is what this will all be about come fight time. The fight outcome market, oh sorry, Cyril Garn I didn't mention is at 7-5. to five. The fight outcome market here sees John Jones at 7-4 to four by TKO, KO, DQ or submission and Cyril Garn available at 15-4. to four. It's 11-5 on John Jones via decision and Cyril Garn here is available at 10-3 to three with the draw here at 60-1. to one. The over-under markets here see um, over 2.5 at 4 to 9 with the under at 13 to 8. Over 3.5 at 4 to 6 with the under at 11 to 10. Over 4.5 at 4 to 5 with the under at 10 to 11. And fight to go the distance, yes, 5 to 6 and no, 5 to 6. So the books are pretty much 50-50 as to whether this would go the distance. I think if it goes to the distance... I'm not sure who it really favours. We saw Cyril Garn gas out somewhat against Francis Ngannou. This isn't really a fighter you want to gas out against because the whole narrative on Ngannou was that he only had a couple of rounds to get it done. Whereas with John Jones, he's coming off the long layoff. I'm not sure that you'd be comfortable if you're betting John Jones and you're seeing the championship round start when the guy hasn't fought for so long. So it really is a, a, a difficult one to, 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 to call in terms of how this fight will play out. I think the only thing that my gut is telling me is to, is to blindly take John Jones. And that's really down to the matchup. I think Cyril Garn lost a lot of stock as a result of that bite against Francis Ngannou. It was not impressive. I don't know whether it was down to um, the, the, the step up in level or whether it was the occasion because the occasion overwhelmed him. It was his real chance to get hold of the heavyweight belt and he underperformed and underdelivered, and this is somewhat a bigger occasion this is the biggest name this is the GOAT this is someone that the UFC need in at the moment because you don't really have Connor. you lost Ronda Rousey you've lost Brock Lesnar and there isn't really that standout fighter that actually sells pay-per-views for you so UFC despite the fact they've had their run-ins and issues with John Jones in the past and he's spoken publicly about payouts they want him to win tonight. John Jones winning is to the benefit of UFC. John Jones fighting again in July going up against Miocic is to the benefit of UFC. And if you watch the weigh-ins, all the fans also want John Jones to win this fight. So I think everybody, apart from Cyril Garn backers and Cyril Garn family members, will be rooting for John Jones in this fight tonight. I'm not sure how exactly the fight is going to play out but I'm confident in John Jones getting the win, especially if his durability is as good at 265 as it was at 205. I don't see a hard night for him. If it's a five-round fight, yes, Jones is going to eat some kicks, but he's going to continue to push forward most of the time. He's going to land solid punches. He might be able to he may be able to nick a round or two with top control and will end up being the fresher man who will be able to grab a late decision. Or... The preferable route would be to um, capitalise on the mistakes that uh, Cyril Garn made 
against Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou was able to out-wrestle Cyril Gunn and John Jones will be able to comfortably out-wrestle him if it's the same version of John Jones as before whilst beating him at the same time in the striking game. So I believe that the best version of John Jones has every advantage here in this fight. I think this fight will be an odd sort of mirror match on the feet, but on the ground, it's really, really difficult to ignore John Jones's clear advantages. The key thing being that this has to be a John Jones that is a similar version or close to the old version of John Jones. If there is rust, everything goes out of the window. If this isn't the same John Jones, if this is too much, if putting on the weight changes him significantly, then Cyril Garner becomes a live underdog here and this, these prices and this line movement looks a little bit silly. I'm not somebody who usually takes a fighter who has this much of a layoff and rust, but this is John Jones. Sometimes you make exceptions. And as I said, I've never seen him lose. That's something that my brain cannot visualize very, very easily. I've seen him be in tough fights where, you know, some people felt like he lost, but ultimately he got his hand raised at the end of those fights. And I feel that it will be the same tonight. It's to the benefit of UFC. It's what everybody wants to see. And I think people like myself, who I'm actually, who's actually going to the fight tonight, I'm going to the fight in three or four hours time, will be leaving the show happy with John Jones leaving as the new UFC heavyweight champion of the world. Before we break down the, the other two main fights I want to look at here on this card, let me let you know that we are also brought to you here by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for off-season NFL basketball drafts, but they've also got you covered for a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props if they're not available in your state. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com and the promo code SGPN. Up next, we move on to the co-main event of this card, as Valentina Shevchenko takes on Alexa Grasso. Valentina Shevchenko is the overwhelming favourite to get the W tonight, which um, makes it surprising to see this one in the co-main event slot. I think we could have got ourselves a closer fight for this slot with Valentina Shevchenko as the 1-8 to eight minus 800 favourite with Alexa Grasso priced up here at 11-2. to two. The fight, the fight outcome market, market here sees um, Valentina Shevchenko to get it done via KO, TKO, DQ or submission at 46 minus 150 and 2-1 to one on the scorecards. Whereas Grasso, 14-1 to one within the distance and 10-1 to one via a decision. The round betting markets here, the over-unders see over one and a half rounds at 4-9 to nine, with under one and a half rounds at 13-8. to eight. Over two and a half rounds at four to five with under two and a half rounds at 10 to 11. Over three and a half rounds at 11 to 10 with under three and a half rounds at four to six. Over four and a half rounds at six to four with under four and a half rounds at one to two. Fight to go to distance, yes, 13 to eight and no at four to 11. Whilst I do think this is a one-sided fight, I do think that Alexa Grasso can hang around for over two and a half rounds and that is definitely my standout play there. Grasso is actually deserving of a title shot and she has a great story in her own right. She was a standout when she was just 23, debuted in the UFC with an 8-0 record and there were plenty of expectations for her when she initially arrived. 
she didn't quite live up to those expectations and it has been a little bit of a struggle. She was somewhat derailed with mixed results, but ultimately she finds herself here having a title shot. Valentina Shevchenko, meanwhile, herself did look more vulnerable than we've seen her before in her last fight against Tilia Santos, where Santos's grappling took Shevchenko to the brink of a defeat with the champion doing just enough to escape with a split decision. So we could be seeing some vulnerabilities for Shevchenko, but I just think this matchup is too good for her. It'll be a contest where she'll be able to engage in a tactical striking battle with Grasso and um, she'll be quick to counter any risky advances from the challenger. Grasso does have a decent and sneaky ground game, but I don't think there's anything here that threatens Shevchenko, at least not to the level that Santos did. Um, so I think Shevchenko here has too many strategic options and she'll employ as many of those as she needs to win to possibly grind out a decision or a late victory. But as I said when I started breaking this down, the over two and a half rounds does appeal to me. You can get that at around about the price of 10 to 11. All you need to happen here is for the first two rounds to pass by and then you need two and a half rounds of round three. I do believe that Alexa Grasso is competent enough to get you that and I'm going to take over two and a half rounds for my main play here for this one, your co-main event. The third fight we're going to cover here on the show, we should have covered the fight between Neil and Rachmanov, but instead... I'm going to use this final fight to talk about Bo Nickel because I think there's a lot more interest in Bo Nickel going into this card. He's on the main card. He does seem like um, Dana White's pet project. And I think this is a tomato can fight against Jamie Pickett. The fight of one, the, the price of one to 16, sorry, will tell you that with Pickett at 10 to one and with Bo Nickel being at one to seven minus 700 to get it done inside the distance. I think the best way to bet this would be to take Bo Nickel in round one. I do not see this one going beyond five minutes. I think this is going to be an exhibition here for Bo Nickel. Pickett comes into this fight with a 13-8 record, and it's clearly a showcase for Bo Nickel here. Uh, this is how this business works. Pickett's takedown defense is decent. But he only knows how to take advantage of his reach, which makes this a tricky matchup for Nickel if the Contender Series signing has an off day. However, I'm not expecting an off day here. I'm not expecting UFC to take any risks with Bo Nickel. I'm all in on this Bo Nickel experience, which is why I've decided to talk about this fight instead of the, the, the third fight up on the card. He's one of the most hype prospects that we've seen in UFC. Everybody is talking about him. Everybody is anticipating this fight. And I think he'll deliver with a first round victory. Credit to Pickett for stepping up here. But Nickel is about to turn him into a trivia question. And for our final play, we'll take Bo Nickel in the first round here. At a short price of 8-13. to 13, But ultimately, I do think it will be a winning bet for you here from this one. Closing out with your lock on the show. I did like the over in the co-main event, but we have to go with John Jones here. As I said, the line movement has taken some of the value away from this, but the price now is what I expected it to be with Jones at five to eight. So I would still take Jones here at the expected price of five to eight as my lock here on this show. I do think that John Jones is better at everything 
um, that Cyril Garn can do. John Jones, when he was talking about the fight with that audio clip we put in, didn't seem like he had too many worries. And that did seem to get into Cyril Garn's head. It doesn't really make sense. Doesn't really make, um, it's not really common sense to lay out your entire game plan. But perhaps that's the level of non-concern that John Jones has going into this fight. My concern is rust. I think that's the only way that John Jones loses. If he can't carry this off, if he can't fight the same way with the weight, if the rust is just too much when he actually steps into the octagon, then we could see an upset here. But as I said when I was breaking this down, I've never seen him lose. And until I see him lose, until I actually see that visual of someone else getting their hand raised, I'll continue to ride John Jones. And this is one of the best prices we've ever had on him. So once again, your lock on this show is John Jones simply to get it done at the price of five to eight in the main event. That's it for me and this edition of The Fight Show. Good luck with all of your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening.